this letter was not being written from a comfortable office in some megachurch. We're on the rocky island of Patmos. And whichever way you look, shrinking vistas, endless seas, no way to get in touch with all the people that John had loved so much. Oh, I'd always meant to tell Trophimus too, but it's too late. There's no chance of firing off a text or email to him. It's too late. But John could still pray, and that releases the greatest power of all. And a major reason for sharing this message is because the Lord wants to enhance and increase our ability to intercede, the scope of our prayers, the fervency of our prayer, to pray the prayers that are on His heart that will shape the future for so many people and situations. This was a great encounter, and it showed John what Jesus was really like now. And when we read that a voice came from heaven like the sound of many waters, perhaps John was remembering the crash of waves against the shores, which he would have been able to hear from any part of that small island when the seas were rough. Wouldn't it be boring if God didn't speak? And prayer was just a one-way monologue and not a dialogue. I love it when God speaks and when he moves, whether it's in just simple, gentle nudges or whether it's really something life-changing and course-setting. God loves to communicate with his people. And there's always something profoundly surprising when he does speak, whether it's to teenage Mary that she's going to have a baby or to the young Jeremiah that he's going to be a prophet to build up and to bring down. Or to an old man, Moses, that the time has come to advance towards the promised land. Oh, how ridiculous God's choices are from a human point of view. But all oh, such wisdom in his foolishness. And God sometimes seems to wait until people like Moses are humanly past it before he comes. Rosnai knew a man who was called in his late 70s to embark on a ministry of Bible smuggling. He and his equally aged wife made numerous journeys in their battered old van into the Iron Curtain countries of East Europe. They took bananas and Bibles into those fruit and word-starved countries. And they were able to minister to many sick people and see them healed. They were thrilled at the power of God's moving but grieved that back home, people seemed so complacent and so much more reluctant to embrace this dimension of God's moving. When God calls you, you have to be prepared to obey, even if it proves very costly. Do you remember when God called Brother Andrew and the Open Doors team to the massive challenge of taking one million Bibles to China? Quite apart from all the finances involved, just think of all the logistics. They codenamed the operation Project Pearl, and they'd reached the stage where all the Bibles had been loaded onto a huge barge in Hong Kong, and thousands of Chinese believers had been detailed to converge on a particular beach at a particular time, when Brother Andrew had a dream that it would be too difficult to go ahead. Just think of all the complications of putting such a vision on hold, with no way of getting in touch with people to tip them off what had happened. Turmoil. 
And then many of the crew left, the chief strategist, the first mate. It was chaos. Why couldn't God have spoken earlier? I've no idea, I'm not God. But the important thing is that Brother Andrew heard and was prepared to obey, to put the brakes on and change course. He might have risked a loss of faith, but anything's better than calamity. When they did set off again later, he must have read the story, the mission proceeded under the unseeing eyes of a patrol boat and the great majority of that huge consignment of Bibles reached the Chinese church. Praise God. <laughs>